Well, it, it probably seemed obvious from just the announcements this morning that summer is starting to go away. The sun is setting on summer. But there is still one question, you know, that remains and that will be asked of you. Do you know what it is? How was your summer? You know, with the vacations that people take, the trips they plan, all the different special activities we do during summer, we look at it as a kind of an exciting time, a fun time, a time for refreshment, even maybe a, a time for renewal. Because summer isn't just about, you know, relaxing for a little bit and having some fun, but it's about getting renewed so that we feel recharged, feel restored, so we can get back to all the, the busyness that we have, whether, whether that's going to school or back to work or back into the routine of all the things that we're involved in. We, we just need to have that recharge and that renewal. Well, you know, a few weeks into fall, maybe a few months, we're going to feel like we need to be renewed again. We're going to want a day off or, or something. We're, we're looking for another break because we'll find that maybe our energy has been depleted again or maybe we need an attitude adjustment or something. So renewal is not just something that we need during the summer. We need it all year long. And in fact, it's not just giving our body some rest or, or resetting an attitude but it goes deeper than that. We need our spirit to be renewed. And that means we need to rely on God's spirit to strengthen us. Today, as we continue spending the summer in the Psalms, we're going to look at a psalm that reminds us that it's time for renewal. Not just during the summer, but the renewal that we need all year long. It's Psalm number 42. Here it is. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him my Savior, and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon from Mount Mitzar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and, and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? 
Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, Where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Do you recognize the signs in your life that maybe you need to be renewed? Lucy sure did. She said, you know, I'm tired, I'm crabby, and I'm mad. And that's a good day. <laughs> that little guy there in the middle, I think he needs to be renewed. He needs some loving. And that poor woman, she looks very frustrated and worn out. Ever feel that way? Sure do. Well, how do you get renewed? Maybe you take a break. Do something different, something fun, something that energizes you. Maybe you look at, at what was wearing you down and you think, you know, maybe there's a better way to do it. Did you notice the different ways the psalmist expressed the signs that he needed renewal? He said things like, as a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul is panting for you, God. And then he says, my tears have been my food day and night. He asks, why, my soul, are you downcast? And why so disturbed within me? He, he sees what's going on and what he's feeling. He says, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. He, he felt so overwhelmed by everything that was happening. Maybe even felt swept away. And that really went deep down inside, where he felt his, his bones, the, the physical agony, the mortal agony, as foes are taunting him. Well, it even got to him to the point where he says, God, why have you forgotten me? Sounds like he was having a bad day, huh? Or maybe a bad week, or maybe a bad life. It's kind of a downer, right, to listen to all those phrases, and you're maybe wondering, uh, how can that be encouraging? All it does is kind of remind me of things that I go through. Now, the thing is, we don't know who wrote this psalm. And we don't know the circumstances why he was crying out like this. And that's kind of a good thing. Because maybe if we knew the exact circumstances, we'd maybe say, well, that's not my life at all. Maybe this is just general and enough that we can say, you know what? I can identify with all those things that he's saying. And what he's simply pointing out to us is this, that we have a need for renewal because we have a thirst, to use his metaphor. We have a thirst that comes from different experiences that we go through. It might simply be the tasks that we're always working at, you know? Didn't it sound like he felt a little worn out? Maybe beat up, tired? Have you ever felt that way? You know, sometimes just a daily grind of things. All the things that are on our plate that we have to do. Maybe it's the, the stress of our jobs. Of course, not my job. But maybe, you know, the stress of, of finances, uh, the busyness of, of schedules. 
Maybe it's, it's the disappointment we feel because we didn't get to do those things that we really wanted to do. Or maybe it's the guilt we feel because of the things we didn't do that we should have done. Sometimes life wears us down. And God said it was going to be that way. Because after mankind have sinned, he said, well, now here's the trouble you're going to experience in life. God had equipped us to, to do work and had given us a spirit of joy to do work. But now it would be called labor and toil. And there would be sweat and tears and pain that would come. All because of our sin and because now we just think of ourselves and want things to go our way. Well, and sometimes it gets even worse than that. Sometimes the things we go through we'll call, you know, some serious troubles. Maybe we lose a job. Maybe the finances really are messed up. Maybe there's trouble in relationships and breaks. Things can get kind of tough. The, the psalmist described it as if there were these big waves and breakers that were overcoming him and sweeping him away. Now again, we don't know the exact circumstances of, of this psalm, but maybe these were words that King David used. You know, there was that time when, when his own son turned against him, Absalom, and created a rebellion to try to overthrow him from the throne. And it got so serious that David had to flee the palace lest he be killed. Maybe that's what David was thinking about if he heard these words. Or maybe it was just all the, the trouble of being king, all the headaches that he had to deal with, especially some of those enemies that were coming around and, and pounding on the nation of Israel. Or, or maybe it was... When, when he was the king appointed? Uh, by God, mind you, uh, David did not carry out a campaign to be elected king because he wanted that position. It was God who came to him and chose him to be the king. And yet his predecessor, King Saul, didn't like that. And so King Saul is out to, to kill David and is chasing him all around the country. And maybe David was thinking about that with these words if, if he wrote them. And maybe he was thinking like sometimes we do, you know what, I didn't sign up for this. I certainly wasn't expecting that it was going to go this way. I just thought everything would be so much better, you know, being a faithful believer and following God's commands. I thought life would be trouble-free. Sometimes uh, we even experience what we might call friendly fire. <laughs> When, when the people we're working with, when the people we worship with, all of a sudden take aim at us. And now we're being attacked by our friends. And, and those friends who are firing, and, and that's us, might think we're doing the right thing because we're doing God's work. But really, maybe we're being led astray also. Temptations do that. The devil tries to disrupt us. With his temptations, he wants us to go wayward, away from God's will. You see, there are things that are worse than all the 
daily tasks we have to do. There are things that are worse than those serious troubles we experience. It's temptation. It's interesting that one of the, the, the most famous or familiar stories about temptation happened in a desert, in a wilderness, with Jesus. After he had been out in the wilderness for 40 days and had fasted, the devil came to him to tempt him. He said, you know, you're hungry, but you're the son of God. So why don't you just use your power and take these stones and turn them into bread? Jesus wouldn't listen to him. His sustaining, his sustenance came from the word of God. So the devil said, okay, you trust that word. That word says that God will protect you. His angels will watch over you. So why don't you jump down from the top of the temple and let's see if they keep you safe. And Jesus said, I'm not going to test God. And then the devil showed him all the riches and the kingdoms of the world and said, you can have it all if you just worship me. And Jesus said, no, you'll worship God alone. It's just interesting that, that those temptations happened in that setting of a wilderness, a, a dry area where there would be thirst. Thirst that was created from the absence of God's blessing. Thirst that was created from temptation. And the devil does that to us too. He comes and tempts us, maybe when things are lacking, when we are needy. And maybe like that psalmist, we believers might even say, where is God? Has he forgotten me? Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt thirsty? Everyone does. Even Jesus Remember on the cross when Jesus cried out, I thirst. It wasn't just because of the physical thirst, but you know what? He was thirsting from sin because he was bearing our sin for us. He even cried out, my God, why have you forsaken me? Paraphrasing that, he could say, God, why have you forgotten about me, your son? It's because of the sin that he was carrying for us, our sin. You see, we all thirst from something. I've told you before that uh, every, all, all week long I get you know, little email messages from different companies and things, you know, about pastor stuff and church stuff. And I got one this week that said, here's how to preach like a combat medic. And I thought, well, that's an interesting metaphor. So I read the article, and he pointed out that, you know, in the military, there are medics who have different responsibilities. He talked about the medics who are back in the camp, uh, back in the training camps, behind the lines. They're dealing usually with smaller type of injuries or ailments. And he said, their basic approach is hand out some Motrin, you know, give them some aspirin and they'll take care of the pain. But he said, those medics that are in combat have some pretty serious duty because they're dealing with wounds that are life-threatening. They themselves, in fact, 
are under enemy fire. And what he was trying to point out is that as, as preachers, we, we shouldn't just address those smaller wounds that can easily be handled with some encouragement. We want to do that. But don't fail to address those serious wounds that are happening in that combat with the devil. In other words, what he's saying is, our biggest concerns are our sins, our falling away from God, our lack of faithfulness in walking God's ways. You know, sometimes we will evaluate our summer, our life, based on circumstances. If things are going fine, we'll say, yeah, it's great. I had a great summer. I'm having a great life. If there's been some frustrations along the way, though, we'll say, well, you know, it was a little tough going there at times. It's not been all so great. And if there were some serious issues that we had to deal with, then we might really be complaining and saying, oh, this is terrible. I can't take this anymore. I don't know what to do. My, my point is, sometimes we express our thirst from something instead of our thirst for something. And that's what the psalmist was really directing us to. What are we thirsty for to help with the thirst from? He's simply reminding us that we can be renewed through a thirst for something. Listen again to the beginning of that psalm. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with him? He's reminding us that our hope, that the quenching of our thirst is found in God. And he called him the living God. Now, why would he say the living God? Because you know what he saw around him? A lot of fake gods. He saw people who were worshiping idols made out of stone or wood. He saw people who were worshiping the mighty heroes, people who were elevated to being like God because they were so good. Those are fake gods. Those aren't gods at all. No, the living God is the real God one who is alive, the one who is with us, the one who uses his wisdom and power every day to, to guide and bless our life. He's the God who rules over everything. He's the God who loves us, who promises and performs what he promises. He's the God who blesses us and assures us of forgiveness and eternal life. That's the real God. And that's where our hope is, in a living God, a God who does something. He also referred to him as my Savior and my God. You see, he recognized that he needed to be rescued. He needed relief. He needed to be saved. He knew that his sins, his doubts, and his worries had actually separated him from God. He wasn't deserving of any blessings. None of us are. But he's appealing to a God who is a loving God, 
his Savior. With, with the ears and, and, and the eyes of faith, he could look ahead and see there's a Savior who will come for me. You and I, with the eyes and the ears of faith, can look back and be blessed and see Jesus was that Savior. The loving God sent his Son into this world to save us. Jesus came to live in our misery, to go through the temptations that we experience, but without sin. So there could be a righteousness that God would give us through faith in him. Jesus came to bear our sins and, and suffer the wrath of God for them. So we would not. He was forsaken, so we would be forgiven. And he put himself in a grave for us. So he could defeat that enemy, death. So that we have the assurance, we will live forever. That is a loving God. So, in the midst of all those tasks that wear us down, the troubles that weigh us down, the temptations that get us to go wayward, we can also find hope. That hope is simply in God. But is it possible when you're overwhelmed with waves and swept away to have such hope? Consider two people from the Bible. Job, who suffered great personal physical suffering, suffered the death of his family members, suffered the loss of all his finances and possessions, and still exclaim, even if he slays me, I will still trust him. Wow. How could he have such hope in the midst of such disaster? Because God is faithful to what he says. Or look at the Apostle Paul doing God's work. And what ends up happening? He's persecuted, thrown in prison a number of times. And yet, despite all of that, he could see the hand of God on him, see how God was working, and he writes a letter to the Philippians, and he tells them, rejoice. I'm in prison, but I'm okay. Rejoice, and I'll tell you again, rejoice. You see, too often, we look at all the circumstances going around and what we're going through, and we don't look at God, who is there in all of those circumstances. Simply trust in God. Therein is your hope. And when you do, you will get help because God is there. Listen to what the psalmist said. Despite all those negative phrases of what he was experiencing, listen to how he expresses his hope. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. You're the festive throng, by the way. I know you don't, you don't look real festive right now, but you're the festive throng. <laughs> he said, I'd find my strength and my joy by going to the house of God, because there with my fellow believers, I would rejoice in the blessings and the promises of God. I can get help. 
Now you might think, well, okay, that's Sunday morning, but what about Wednesday? Where do I find my help then? He said, by day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. God isn't just with us now, Sunday morning. He's with us all week long, day and night. And in prayer, we can go to him and get help. When we experience that help, then we give him the honor. Twice in this psalm that seems maybe like a downer, he brings us up. He uses these words twice. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Well, I could give you a list. But his answer, put your hope in God. For I will yet, I will still praise him. He's my Savior and my God. And then when that question comes up, either within you or from others around you, so where is your God? Your answer can simply be, he's right here beside me, walking with me through all the ways. That's hope. So when you're down, for whatever reason, don't look down and have a pity party. Doesn't do any good. Don't look in and say, well, here's what I can do to pull myself up and get through this. Don't look around. Well, what do they do? What advice is out there that I can use? Instead, look up to your rock, your fortress, your savior, your God, and be renewed. Summer is drifting away. Sorry, kids. Are you renewed yet? Not just from the activities of summer, but from his word. It's what we need all the time. Put your faith in God. Thirst for him and be renewed day by day. Amen.